Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the international editor with Adweek. With me, as always, is Shannon Miller, our creative and inclusion editor. Shannon, we got a, we got a lot of big reveals today. I know. Kind of an exciting episode. It is. I look forward to this. I mean, maybe maybe I'm a big nerd, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but I look forward to our reveal of the agencies of the year. Um, and with uh, to help us reveal those agencies of the year for 2021, looking back at who made the biggest impact on the agency scene, the marketing world over this past year, we've got two of our top agency side colleagues uh, who cover this industry every day. Jameson Fleming, our agency's editor. Jameson, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me, as always. And Brittany Kiefer, our Europe creative editor based in the UK. Uh, Brittany, uh, thanks so much for making time for us. Thanks for having me. And we are just going to dive in because we've got quite a bit to talk about. Every year, Adweek names agencies of the year in four and only four categories. Uh, those are Global Agency of the Year, U.S. Agency of the Year, International Agency of the Year, which is unlike global. Global is like an agency network that's all around the world. International is usually just in one market or in one country. Uh, and then Breakthrough Agency of the Year that is emerging and making a name for themselves. So we will just be introducing them each uh, one at a time and telling you why we picked them this year. Uh, just so you all know, uh, listening to this, the process of how we select an agency of the year has been pretty consistent for a long time. It is selected by our editors. Uh, there is no money involved. No one enters. No one applies. Uh, it, we shortlist agencies based on their, their work and their achievements over the past year. We then ask them to answer a whole bunch of questions about their financial performance, about their strategic moves and their hires and what they've been doing in spaces like DEI and sustainability. Uh, so it is a very three-dimensional uh, look at each of these agencies. And then we take a vote. And this year, Jameson, am I wrong? It's like I think all four were unanimous. That is super rare. Uh, everyone, but, uh, international, I think we argue quite a bit over international because there were yeah. like four or five agencies that were very close to each other. Yeah, that's a great point. And we, and we can always be transparent with you all, with the listener about, uh, who some of those were like who, who made it close and why. Um, but we're probably going to speak the most about who won. So with that, let's get to it. All right, first, we are going to start with the International Agency of the Year. I believe we've been doing this, it's about five years uh, that we've been awarding an International Agency of the Year. The reason we do this is because we do have a Global Agency of the Year, but again, that's a worldwide network. Those are very large companies. And what we found is that there wasn't a good place to honor agencies. Like, I believe Okestam Holst uh, in Sweden might have been one of the first uh, that we named. 
And there are just some amazing uh, agencies. And I think BETC in Paris uh, was last year's International Agency of the Year. So with that, Brittany Kiefer, tell us who is 2021's International Agency of the Year? So we ended up choosing Publicist Italy. So congratulations to them. Um, Like Jameson said, it was the tough choice. There were a lot of really strong contenders in this category, but I think we ended up going with Publicist Italy because they have such an impressive story, especially over the past year when a lot of agencies were kind of like hungering down and um, just trying to stay in business. Publicist Italy expanded in a lot of ways, and they also did some really stellar work that had a big impact, not just in their home market of Milan, but globally. And a really good example of that is what they've done for Heineken. So a lot of people may be familiar with the Heineken campaign shutter ads because it won the outdoor Grand Prix at Cannes this year. And what that did was it they were uh, trying to help keep some bars in business who had to close temporarily during lockdowns around the world. And so they actually paid a lot of bars to advertise Heineken on their shutters, their closed down shutters. And it was a partnership that, you know, not only benefited Heineken, but also helped keep so many businesses afloat during a really difficult time. And I think that's a good example of what they managed to do or like have a a real purpose in their work, but it pays off with commercial success as well. Yeah, Jameson, what were your thoughts? I know, as you mentioned, we were uh, somewhat divided on international. If I remember right, it was largely just because, I mean, not say just because, but uh, Rethink Canada or Rethink in Canada had a truly stellar year of massive, creative, uh, stupendous growth. Uh, You can go check uh, an article I did on how they ended up being agency of the year in all three major categories of Canada's uh, agencies. Uh, And and then just crushed it on growth and big wins. But in the end, uh, I think is it fair to say that we decided that uh, Publicis Italy just was kind of operating in that more ambitious global client uh, scale. I know for me, one big factor was Publicis opened an office called uh, La Pub, or maybe La Pub, depending on where you are to pronounce it, uh, that is specific to Heineken. It's going to be in Amsterdam, but it's largely being staffed and structured by Publicis Italy because Heineken uh, really appreciated them so much and what they bring to the table. Uh, but what were some of your takes on on kind of what made Publicis Italy st- uh, and uh, you know out of Milan stick out? Yeah, you kind of uh, started to hint at. I mean, the the client work. You know, the, the scale, the size of the clients, it's just, it's very impressive. Uh, the Heineken work was some of the best work that came out of, you know, any agency this year. Uh, a lot of brands tried to do reopening ads and a lot of them fell short. But Heineken's uh, ad that was an homage to, or not an homage, but, you know, hinted at the elderly who were the first ones to get vaccinated, who were the first ones out there partying again. Uh, I thought it was pretty brilliant. The Barilla pasta timer was probably one of the best earned media stunts of the year. Uh, seemingly, everybody was talking about this ingenious idea of, oh, hey, if you create a playlist timed to the length of how long your pasta should cook, uh, it's a great tool to use while you're cooking. And so it did really well. So, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of impressive, you know, the, the the scale of the clients, the size of the clients, and then the, the amazing work that came with it was, you know, made it made them ultimately the choice. 
Yeah, and, and Shannon, I feel like that both you and I are eager to see where, well, obviously where Publicis Italy continues to grow. Uh, Publicis had a great creative year, they, um, and uh, I, I'm excited to see where they go, but I'm also excited to see where Rethink and a few of these other international shops we looked at. International was more competitive this year mm-hmm. um, than uh, than any other. Uh, I think I think I said BETC won last year. I think it was actually Droga 5 London uh, won last year. BETC mm-hmm. might have been two years ago. Um, but Usually it's like, which one of these two this year was like, we had like seven or eight international shops that we were looking at. It was a great year. Yeah, it was definitely a, I mean, all of the um, categories were were really populated. Like they, there was no clear cut winner, um, I think, in any category. But international especially um, turned out some incredibly strong work this year. Um, but Publis is far and wide. I just to sort of like echo Brittany here had easily the most interesting story. There's a clear through line with all of their work. Um, it's super purpose driven, and it's they really are kind of setting the bar a little bit. Yeah, I think we love to see agencies in international moving beyond their own borders with the work, with the clients. And in this this was a case where Publicis Italy, you know, their biggest client, Heineken, is in Amsterdam and they're doing shutter ads in South America. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the, this is an agency that cannot be limited by its own name. <laughs> you know, it's not limited to Italy. Uh, and so very excited. I think similarly, we, we, we you know, definitely had a close eye on David Madrid, uh, which is, you know, David has kind of become one of the creative epicenters uh, for the David Network that's owned by Ogilvy. Uh, just, just really uh, some tremendous work. Uh, and I think, honestly, the the year of remote creativity and production really benefited a lot of these, you know, nimble international shops because they're not limited by borders. They can go anywhere. You know, if you have an idea and you're willing to execute it, you can do it anywhere. Um, so really fantastic year. Congratulations to Publicis Italy on their first win as our international agency of the year. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's one down. Got three more big categories to go. So let's get ready for global agency of the year. All right, Jameson, uh, just to reiterate, Global Agency of the Year, this is a network that has a global operations, uh, obviously in multiple countries, multiple cities. Um, the I think last year's was FCB. Uh, who is this year's Global Agency of the Year? It is TBWA. They had an extremely strong year creatively-wise. Uh, always the Apple work is always outstanding. And then they had a number of really big client wins that helped put them over the top. Uh, they were part of the Omnicom pitch to win uh, the Philips business. Uh, they had they took home Moderna, which obviously is a brand that everybody is thinking about in 2021. And now it's going to be 2022. They got Bayer Paint. Um, and so overall, TBWA just really stood out, uh, touting their usual uh, company disruption or whatever the tagline is around disruption. They're all about disruption. And uh, they proved they lived up to that billing again in 2021. Yeah, TBWA has been our... uh our global agency of the year in the past, uh, just a handful of years ago. Uh, and the story back then was that they had really recovered uh, 10 years before that they had been our international or global agency of the year. And then they just imploded. Um, you know, they had a real hemorrhage of talent. And it's fascinating to, th- to look back at that time 
when before, you know, about 13 years ago, TBWA had Colleen DeCourcy, who's now president of Widening Kennedy. Uh, they had Craig Allen, who's now running Callen. Uh, they had uh, Jerry Graff, who went on to start Barton F. Graff and now Slap Global. They had like basically this absolute dream team. And then it all kind of spread out like a diaspora. And then it took about 10 years for TBWA to really rebuild itself. Uh, as Jameson mentioned, they've always done great by Apple. Uh, you know, that TBWA Media Arts Lab has uh, a tremendous, uh, you know, I, I will say that said, it wasn't necessarily the most, and this is good. I think this is good for TBWA in the sense that this was not a year where they won because of Apple. Uh, Shannon, I feel like you and I going back through the ads of the year, which we'll save for a later conversation to reveal those, but it, it wasn't a year where it was like, oh man, this Apple work is just so great. Let's, we got to hand it to TBWA. Right. No, we were actually kind of surprised um, by like how little of presence Apple had, to be honest, in the conversation. Yeah. So which, again, you know, that sounds like a criticism, but I think that's actually good because sometimes it's easy to say, oh, Widen won because of Nike, uh, TBWA won because of Apple. And those are dream clients. Uh, but we tend to really look for success across the board. Uh, Brittany, I feel like you can't talk about TBWA as a global network without talking about TBWA Paris. I think this is just one of the most creative uh, offices of any network, uh, independent or you know, or or holding company owned anywhere. TBWA Paris is just so good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to give them a special shout out, actually, because, uh, well, since I cover Europe, I, I guess I see their work a bit more. But uh, in particular, I think their work for McDonald's is so great. They do really artistic and clever campaigns for that brand. And I think that just kind of elevates McDonald's. So, yeah, I'd love I love the work that they do. And it's great to see them doing well this year. Yeah. And, and I don't think this was as big of a year for TBWA Helsinki, but they are also, again, one of the most creative shops uh, really anywhere. Um, TBWA is building a really uh, robust network across uh, across Asia and across the Americas. Uh, but it, it was a year where there wasn't one like specific thing. You could point to someone like Lucky Generals, which is owned by TBWA. And they did uh, Alexa's Body, the Amazon spot in Super Bowl, one of the biggest Super Bowl ads of the year. You can point at one of those offices and say, yeah, they had a great year. They did some really great stuff. But in the end, it was just an example of a really strong network that was healthy across the board um, and didn't just build on year-over-year -year growth, which everyone did because last year was so crappy. Uh, they really built even over uh, their previous year, which a lot of agencies did not. Uh, so, and I think, you know, I may not be quoting directly here, but the leadership at TBWA has said uh, basically it was their strongest year ever. Uh, you know, their their biggest year that they've ever had as a network. Uh, so congratulations to TBWA on again being named Global Agency of the Year. Now we're going to uh, take a quick breather and when we're back. We will uh, introduce the Breakthrough Agency of the Year. Always a really exciting one. We'll be right back. All right, we're back to talk about Breakthrough Agency of the Year. This is the, it's a vague category. We've never really put a specific years number like like how how long have they been open it's not best new agency you know it's it's really about are they kind of new are they but most importantly are they having an impact jameson was there anything you were looking for from a breakthrough winner lord knows our shortlist was not short it was like nine or ten agencies that we went into this looking at what were you looking for to really be a breakthrough agency and then we'll we'll let shannon introduce who the winner was i mean i think it's got to be somebody that is 
kind of coming out of nowhere uh, to work on big clients and do impressive work. Uh, and I think ultimately not too many agencies fit that bill. I mean, there were, I, I won't spell it, let Shannon, you know, tell who the winner was, but I mean, there was, it, I think the, the second one that I was probably most considering was movers and shakers because there's no agency better at executing on TikTok. And I've, probably been one of the loudest people in our newsroom arguing we need to cover TikTok more because it's where brands are really owning uh, their audience right now. And so, uh, you know, I thought Movers Shakers was, was that great agency, but they, they, uh, they were good, but the agency of the year here uh, was even better. So I'll let Shannon take that one. All right, Shannon, who is our breakthrough agency of the year for 2021? I am so excited to announce that our Breakthrough Agency of the Year is Mischief at No Fixed Address, which, I mean, if you're talking about an agile agency, this is an agency that really hit the ground running at the most turbulent time. I mean, I can't imagine what goes into opening an office in in a completely new market in the summer of 2020, when you physically could not open an office, when you could not meet with your your clients, everything was done remotely. It is like it was the most volatile time to start any sort of new business, let alone something that is so reliant on that in-person connection like creativity. But um, you know, Mischief not only made the best of the situation, they really turned it into a superpower. They hit the ground running with um, Kraft Mac and Cheese Send Nudes, which <laughs> was quite a way to, you know, leave your, your fingerprint in an industry. Like, what what a start. And it really- Yeah, that, we should clarify that was N-O-O-D-S, Send Nudes. yes. Send nudes featuring Vanessa Bear, um, but please do not send nudes, <laughs> N-U-D-E-S. And that caused such a, <laughs> a ruckus with the brand's more conservative um, fans that it was like quietly pulled, but it did uh, show how much or how ready they were to be like real disruptors. I I hesitate to call them like, clever jesters because they don't just create comedic spots, even though their comedic spots are like pretty much like next to none in terms of like really smart, smart observational humor. But they, I mean, if you just look at their roster, Vaginastics, they did a, I, I, I am like hesitant to name some of these because I don't want to slap an explicit label on this episode. <laughs> Um, but, well, bless um, your effing cooch. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I I don't think I was able to write a single article this year without mentioning bless your effing cooch, just because it was some of the coolest reactive marketing that I have seen this year or ever, um, turning really, really risky content into a viable endorsement and then creating a line showed not only an agility, but a real respect for creators. And um, they're just, there's really no agency that's like willing to make as much noise as mischief is. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of to see how they grow and really get some like long-term work 
under their belt, like some real like AOR worthy work. Yeah. And and for those who don't know the backstory on Mischief, uh, you know, this was founded when Greg Hahn, kind of a creative legend who started at Fallon and then uh, went to BBDO New York and really kind of led BBDO New York's uh, golden age, uh, where they became one of the most creative shops in the world with their Snickers work and, and many others, uh, their work on Sandy Hook Promise. And then one day was uh, kind of just abruptly cut uh, from BBDO. And I think a lot, a lot of more senior creative leaders have failed to bounce back from a moment like that. Uh, we've seen this time mm-hmm. and again. And you know, Greg is a fascinating guy. He's, he's literally one of the most fascinating people I've ever met in advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like a rock star, but is super humble. And I was, if I'm being honest, um, I was a little concerned for him about whether someone from this kind of earlier era of advertising could jump in in the way that you're describing and create an agency that's that relevant and fresh. And they absolutely did. And I'm sure he would be the first to credit their ECDs and the the several other partners that he's working with. Uh, but Mischief, as part of this No Fixed Address uh, network, I believe based out of Canada, they, they've really flourished. Now, to your point, I think the big thing that we as a review committee kept saying is, they are doing fantastic projects. I'll, I'll quickly mention uh, my personal favorite was their Miller Genuine Drafts uh, seltzer launch, which so good. <laughs> which they were Miller Genuine Draft was launching a seltzer into space and blowing it up because they were like, "We will never launch a seltzer." It's, it's like that, like perfect, like Ron Swanson tone of like. We're going to do this to shut you up, but we have zero interest in changing who we are. Mm. Um, and it was a real clever way to sort of um, enter a conversation that they had no interest in being in. Um, but like to more to that point, like in speaking with Greg specifically, because um, I, I worry, I wondered about that too, like being in the business for so long, it, it would be hard to tell me um, about my job if I've been doing it for 15 years. I wouldn't want to like, really change up what I do. But one of the things that he said that really stuck with me was that he was like, no one, when you looked around the industry, no one was having fun anymore. No one looked happy. Like no one looked like they were doing interest work that they were super excited about. And I just want to make really fun, exciting work. And it shows throughout their roster of campaigns. Well, congratulations to the whole team at Mischief at No Fixed Dress for being our breakthrough agency of the year. Uh, and with that, we're down to the big, the big reveal, U.S. Agency of the Year, uh, Adweek's most uh, enduring honor. Uh, we've been giving this out for uh, decades. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we're back, we will find out who is the U.S. Agency of the Year. All right, we're back. It is time to reveal the U.S. Agency of the Year for 2021. Uh, This, as I mentioned, is a huge honor. Uh, Last year's winner was the Martin Agency, which ended a two-year streak uh, by Wyden and Kennedy. Jameson, who is 2021's U.S. Agency of the Year? You already said it. It's the Martin Agency again. Hey, another two for two back-to-back wins in a row. That's uh, two wins from Wyden in a row and then two wins from the Martin Agency. Before that, it had been like... 15 years or something since we had had uh, back-to-back wins uh, since, I believe, Goodby Silverstein. Uh, And now it's, uh, yeah, it's a big win. I think last year it's safe to say that Martin won uh, based really on growth. Um, The work was good, 
but it was not necessarily like rattling the walls. Uh, it, it was really more about in an incredibly difficult year last year. They won. They they saw thirty percent growth, which is unheard of. Uh, in, in you know in twenty nineteen, uh, and just as a business, they really excelled in in so many areas. Uh, but this year, the creative story was there. The growth continued. Tell us what made the Martin Agency our U.S. Agency of the Year, Jameson. Yeah, it was on the strength of amazing creative. I mean, when you look at Geico's uh, scoop, there it is. They continued to pull in some impressive IP hauls by landing Animal from the Muppets. Uh, Oreo, Lady Gaga Oreos uh, was was an incredible stunt that they pulled off. They helped Axe return to growth for the first time in almost a decade with a visually stunning spot, but also a Dogecoin stunt uh, that generated a couple billion impressions of earned media. Um, it was just up and down the board across all their clients, just very brand purpose driven work uh, that you know kind of left us in in awe of watch the real. Yeah, and and that's not even to mention the DoorDash Super Bowl ad. I mean, they they had so much. I think you know it's always funny to me when agencies go to submit their. We asked for ten pieces of creative from the past year. Um, many of them tried to cheat uh, by sneaking in work from you know uh, before mm-hmm. before the past year. We had quite a few get disqualified this year for that. Martin is like jamming in extra work. They were like, "Well, can we add the Dogecoin campaign to the the Axe campaign so that we can fit it into our ten? And we try to like be fair about holding people, but that's a great sign when you're like only ten. I can only show you ten amazing campaigns. <laughs> and Martin, <laughs> every single spot in the reel was great. And I'm just like, what a year! Because last year we were like, oh, you know, it'd be great to see a little more creative out of out of Martin. Uh, last year they did definitely did not win on the strength of just Geico. Uh, this year they they had one of the best spots of all time. I would argue with uh, with Scoop. There it is. Uh, and still, that's not why they won. Uh, you know, it was this. Uh, so, Shannon, tell us about just having watched all those reels as the process of going through and having gone through the ads of the year and see, like, it was Martin's show. I mean, they just absolutely dominated. Yeah. Like, I mean, to sort of counter what you just said, Scoop, there it is. Yeah, that's great. But... I would say their best work was the reel <laughs> that they turned in. Even the reel itself was just incredibly dynamic. Um, but I mean, like I said, the the stuff that they're doing with DoorDash ha- was incredibly impressive, um, not just with the spots, but um, with some of the like short film work that they're doing. Uh, the The big through line with Martin was that everything had a very specific purpose. Like it was all about driving the conversation forward. It was all about expanding the look of marketing. Um, there was never, there wasn't like one spot where I was just like, yeah, they really could have kicked it up um, inclusion wise. Everything was about sort of taking in the world as it is and distilling that into really, really resonant creative. Um, so like when you talk about just, some of the incredible work that they've done. Scoop, there it is, ranks incredibly high. Um, But I was like really attached to the Axe work um, just because it was kind of like a hint of a rebrand. They're, you know, like I said, just really smart forward thinking work, which I think is going to ultimately be Martin's legacy this year. Yeah, Jameson. And I think it's important to note with them is, you know, you think of Martin Agency and you think of great TV spots, but 
you know, they won on the strength of the fact that their social game uh, has been elevated drastically. They created a cultural impact lab that is 36 people now that has their social practice in it. Um, that, I mean, they have their ear to the ground. And I mean, when I talked to Axe, they could not say, uh, I mean, they said more nice things about the social practice there than I think you could ever hope a client say about an agency. Um, and they've upped their production game. I mean, Martin is, you know, they won back to back, but they're setting themselves up to, you know, maybe, maybe they could go for the three P. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but they are definitely going to be in a very good position for next year. Well, that is, those are the big announcements. Uh, so I encourage everyone to check out the articles uh, Jameson wrote up. Uh, the Martin Agency as our U.S. Agency of the Year. Shannon wrote up uh, Mischief as our Breakthrough Agency of the Year. Brittany wrote up Publicis Italy as International Agency of the Year. And our colleague Kyle wrote up TBWA as Global Agency of the Year. Uh, and we've got a bunch more. There's so much on adweek.com right now. Check it all out. Um, definitely check out each of those. I wanted to wrap up by putting each of you and myself on the spot. Uh, and I, I have not told the panelists this is coming, so this will be a surprise to everyone. I want each of you and myself uh, to name one agency that you're just kind of watching for next year. Like, you know what I mean? That you've got an eye on, that you're like, hmm. And may, maybe they came up in uh, the agency of the year deliberations. Maybe they're just uh, one that is kind of peeking up onto your radar for next year. Brittany, what is a shop in Europe or elsewhere that you're just excited to see what they do in 2022? Well, I am still learning all about a lot of different agencies in Europe, but I've met some really interesting ones since I joined Adweek in June. So um, I'm keen to see what will come out of other markets. I'm still really interested in TBWA Paris, like we've said, although they already got some recognition. Um, I think Lola Mullen Lowe in Madrid is quite interesting. In the UK right now, I would say the hot shop is Uncommon Creative Studio. And I don't know if they're quite at the level of an international agency of the year yet, but I think that they've already had a streak of success over the past few years. And it'll be interesting to see what they do next. They just won British Airways recently, which is a really big win for them. So they could be about to enter the big leagues, as they say. Yeah, and there's a lot of shared DNA in a sense between uh, Uncommon and Mischief here in America in the sense that Uncommon was was founded by uh, some real veterans of the agency network world uh, who wanted to start something more nimble and creative and, you know, at the beginning project-driven. But to your point, Uncommon's gotten to where they're winning gigantic AORs now, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we see Mischief get to here in America. Uh, nor would I be surprised if Uncommon starts moving into America. Uh, that's yeah. Been a trend. Lucky Generals is here now. Uh, you know, quite a few UK shops have set up shop. We've got some news coming pretty soon that I can't quite reveal yet about another hot international shop that's uh, or network that's moving into the US for the first time. Uh, so certainly a possibility. That's a those are some really good ones. Shannon, who is a shop you're going to be watching close in 2022? I'm sure this will come as no surprise to you, but if there is one agency that I was ready to fight for um, for breakthrough, it was majority out of Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, like, vax that thing up should not have happened. <laughs> not for an agency that was only five months old. Yeah. Um, but to open in February of this year and have such a runaway hit, and then to follow that up with some really awesome work from Oshkosh um, under Omid Farhang's leadership, 
um, and I think that's the one that's famously backed by Shaquille O'Neal, they have a really, really strong, interesting voice. And I think they're really set up to do some like kick-ass work in 2022. So I'm really excited and I'm looking at that one very closely. Yeah, we talked so much over the last few months in these deliberations and elsewhere about the importance of agencies not just reflecting culture, but really shaping culture and impacting culture. I just have a feeling that is at the the core of Majority's entire premise. They've been very clear that they exist mm-hmm. to be an agency that reflects and drives culture uh, and backs that thing up uh, for the for the BLK. Uh, it's a dating app, right? That they were working. Yeah, yeah, a um, black owned dating app that is under the Match Group. Um, so, and that was like their first big breakthrough hit for that app specifically. And there's very little branding in backs that thing up. So they, it just shows kind of like the, the magic, the hand magic hand they have when it comes to culture driven work. Yeah. Oh, excellent pick. Jameson, who are you going to be watching next year? I'm going to say this is, I mean, this is a legacy agency, but all of the, I think is going to be interesting next year. They invested so heavily in creative talent at the top of that, that agency uh, they've picked up more coke work uh, as part of that review. And so with all the investment that WPP has done on the creative front within Ogilvy, you have to think they're going to turn out great stuff next year. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to be watching to see what they do. And then I also kind of want to mention VaynerMedia right now, just because they were somebody we, we considered for us and uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is out front on all the NFT metaverse stuff and they're going to be poised to potentially have a big year if the metaverse is something that we actually are still talking about a year from now. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel similarly, I think, in terms of kind of legacy shops that I'm, I'm or networks that I'm excited to see where they go. I think Publicis has been on such a, a creative rise these last few years. Uh, it's it, not to get into like the logistics of how networks are structured because uh, no one cares outside of those networks. But Pulsus is not like a lot of traditional networks. They just kind of operate as individual countries and not as one network that each country kind of ladders up to. Uh, and so sometimes that makes it feel a little chaotic. But I think they're getting there where between their New York, uh, obviously their Italy office and uh, really just across the world, uh, Publicis is, is really interesting. I think I'm also curious to see not so much from a work perspective, but from a growth perspective where We Are Rosie uh, continues to grow. They were one of our fastest growing agencies. Their model of fully kind of remote uh, staffing on an as needed basis has been revolutionary for the industry. They're growing like a weed. Um I feel like I'm cheating by jamming in a bunch of agencies here, <laughs> but um, and then uh, it, you know I think we're going to see several of the of the the bigger networks finally really start to to flourish creatively in a way that it's been a few years. The to me a real question mark is uh, is widening Kennedy. I think this past year we saw their work out of widening Kennedy New York stellar. Like widening Kennedy New York's become one of the best agencies on earth. Uh, no, no question. I don't think any of us really question that. Portland has been a little, you know, shaky. Um, they they lost KFC, uh, a signature client, uh, and ended up, you know, in a review that they ended up backing out of. Uh, they parted ways with their ECD. Uh, they have brought in some really. Uh, Big name talent uh, from Mother London, Brittany. Uh, you can probably speak to the fact uh, that Hermedy and Anna Ballerin, they were two of the biggest names in the UK ad scene, right? Yeah, they were among the top. You know, always ranked in like the top five creative leaders in London. 
Yeah. And now they're running uh, wide in Portland. So uh, and and then the other thing, too, is wide in London uh, while, while we're there used to be one of the best agencies on the planet. Like wide in London did work that absolutely blew your damn mind out of the back of your skull. And now I'm I'm I don't know, Brittany, I feel like I'm 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 being unfair to say I don't know what they're up to or I haven't heard much from them. But it's been no, that's been fair. Quiet. They've had a they've had a very quiet year, but it's actually that they're not alone. A lot of agencies that have a really strong creative legacy, like you know BBH mm. or AMV or Adam and Eve, like they're they're all still doing good work, but they're just they've had quieter years. And widens in particular, I think they're they seem to be in kind of a transition period, but I think they still have it in them. <laughs> So it's funny every year when we announce these agencies of the year, there's always this contingent of Twitter, of advertising Twitter that's just like, why isn't it widening Kennedy? <laughs> they will say that no matter what happened to widen that year, <laughs> like no matter what, if they did, it's just there are certain people and it just goes a lot to, speaks a lot to the widen brand um, and just how established they are as being this kind of top tier agency in people's minds. Um, but yeah, I'm, this wasn't their year, but I am eager to see what New York, of course, keeps doing, but then whether they really start to rebuild that global network in a way, uh, that gets the kind of attention that it used to. Uh, so those are, I don't know, I just jammed like 19 agencies into my one agency answer, but thank you each so much. Uh, Jameson Fleming, our agency's editor, Brittany Kiefer, our Europe creative editor, and of course, Shannon Miller, our creative and inclusion editor. Uh, this has been so great. I encourage everyone to check out the articles. Uh, there's so much. Um, and with that, we are out of time. Our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibbony. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. Uh, you can reach us anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner. We will be back soon. 